0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Everlasting Castle. This is your host, Melina Lancaster, and I'm so happy to enjoy and embark on this journey with all of you, with those who are listening. I praise God for allowing you to listen to my podcast that he has put in my heart to start. Um, It took, (laughs) it was a lot of delay, but the Lord has called me to start doing it now. There's no time for delay. There's no time for sitting here and just waiting. The Lord is telling me I've waited long enough. I've done everything I need to do, but I need to focus on him. And through this podcast, I pray that it blesses somebody. I pray that souls are saved. I pray that God uses this for his glory and not my own. So I thank you for tuning in. Today, we are going to talk about this. Is the first episode we're going to talk about love. And if you don't know, we're going to talk about 1 Corinthians 13. Now, this is the story, this is not the story, this is the chapter, the scripture, the verses of love, of God's love for us. Many people think of John 3.16 and I always do because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, I was just talking to the Lord and we were talking about love. Now, I know in this fallen world that we live in, we always get caught up in what love is, right? We always get caught up in Because this person may have a bigger calling on their lives. God must love them more. And he must love me less. Right? And I believe that's completely, completely false. I was just talking to the Lord about um, callings. And he was speaking through me and he told me, he was saying... Melina, just because somebody is a prophetess, just because somebody is an apostle or the head of a church or delivering people, um, spending their time in church daily does not mean I love them any more than I love a teacher, a Christian teacher that is teaching kids about Christ in school that is a mechanic that's Christian or, um, an electrician, a retail worker, someone opening their own Christian business. You know, it doesn't mean I love them any more or any less because they can see in the spiritual realm. They can see angels all around them. They can see my thoughts. They can see my visions. They have heard my voice. does not mean I don't love them any more than I love you. God's love was shared equally for all of us. John 3.16, again, I'm going to go back to this verse. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. He didn't say, it didn't say for God so loved all the prophets or prophetesses in the world. It didn't say for God so loved all the apostles and in the world, it didn't say for God so loved all the teachers in the world, it didn't say for God so loved all the head of the world of the teachers of the world God said it said for God so loved the world, meaning everyone in it, those in third world countries, those in in the United States. In Canada, in places we cannot imagine. God loved everybody. He still loves everybody. That he gave up his one and only son. His one and only son. That we must have everlasting life. And we shall not perish for those who believe and trust in him. So if God so loved all of the world, why do we always get in the back of our minds that, oh, because this person can see in the spiritual realm, God must love them 10 times more than he loves me. He must be 10 times more merciful and gracious towards that prophetess more than he is me or that teacher or that apostle or that leader The word of God said God is rich in mercy. He never runs out. His mercy renews every day, every morning. So if God, if this is what the word of God says, God's word never lies. It says in his word, Isaiah 40 Verse 8, if I'm, please correct me. The grass may wither, the flowers may fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. So if this is God's word, the Bible is God's living word. He breathed life into the people that wrote it. His Holy Spirit was in it. It is breathed through him. Each and every word in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is God's word. then let's believe it let's start walking like it let's start moving like it god is just so rich in mercy and love for each and every one of his children on earth Let's think about it like this. I had a talk with a friend a long time ago, about, I think, three, four months ago. And we were talking about angels. And we were sitting here and we said, God has angels, right? That worship him daily, bow down to his every command. Everything that he says for them to do, they do it in a quickie, like a snap of a finger, And God loves them, granted. But do you understand that God has people that already loves him, that obeys his every command, but he still cares about our souls? God has angels, people that bow down to him, that choose him daily. We don't choose him daily. And God said, I still love you. God says, I still want you. God says, I still want to redeem you. God says, I still want you to be my child. God says, I still want you to walk in righteousness. That's love. Even when we sin against him, God says, it's okay. Yes, it hurt, but I still want you. I forgive you. I move on past the things that you have done. Do we not understand how much of an impact, how much God loves us, to the fact that He will forgive us every time we repent wholeheartedly? The Word of God says love is patient, love is kind. God is patient with us. That's what 1 Corinthians 13 is. It's the love of God. His character. The way he is. The way he talks. The way he... The way... I was telling God today. (laughs) I said, God, thank you for not being like us humans. And you want to know why? I get so caught up in having trouble to forgiving people, right? It could be over the smallest things and I'll say I'll forgive them, but part of me is still like, mm. now forgiveness doesn't mean boundaries because God will still love us, but he'll discipline us. He'll be like, okay, now that you've repented, you need to set some boundaries so you don't fall back into that sin again. It's the same thing with the person. God loves us. We can still love that person. We can still forgive them, but there's boundaries that need to be set, right? And most, sometimes I still fall for this. Um, I get into a time and a point where I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I should forgive this person. I don't know, Right? I saw her Instagram post first I was in this five day devotional week for God-given purpose by Kia Hart and I love her so much her her ministry has blessed me so much I'm so grateful God has put her in my life and teacher Kennedy I don't know if you guys know her but teacher Ken I'll see if I can Put her Instagram in the description and also Kia Hearts. I love them so much. And she told us during this first Zoom call, we're on a Zoom call. We're talking about forgiveness. And she hit me with this that convicted my spirit like that, y'all. She said, somebody's sin towards you doesn't even come close to the sin that you have put against God. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) The sin that somebody has committed against you doesn't even come close to the sin that you have committed against God. For our sins, God had to die for. God had to die for our sins. God sat there. He he picked. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He picked up his cross. He carried his cross, he was whipped, beaten, carried a three hundred pound cross, got nailed to it on a hill on Calvary for everyone to see. Everyone to see while getting mocked, spit on, beaten, ridiculed on his on his cross. So why, why is it so hard for us to forgive somebody that Jesus also died for? God loves us so much that he forgives us. Now, it doesn't mean we should take advantage of his grace. No, it doesn't. But it calls us to step up. It causes us to walk like Christ. It causes us to say, you know what? I know the price that God has paid for me. And he's also paid that same price for you. So I'm going to forgive you. <laughs> I go to an axe church. It's called Axe church. And my apostle Ajene, she always says, when somebody does something, just say, go ahead. She always says this. She says, go ahead. I forgive you. Be free. Be free. Walking in unforgiveness is a burden. It's a tired burden. I'm telling you, it's a tired burden. But God's love can take that all away. God's love can take that all away. So why don't you accept it? Why don't we accept it? Now, I have some homework for you to do. Yes, The Everlasting Castle is a different podcast. I'm going to have homework for you for every episode you listen to. And... on my Instagram page, DM me your your answers to the homework I'm giving you. First thing I want you to do whenever you listen to this podcast, whether it's 2 a.m., 3 a.m., when you're first waking up, I pray you're spending some time with the Lord before you listen to my podcast, but, um, Read 1 Corinthians 13 and I want you to not just read it, but I want you to meditate it and ask the Holy Spirit to help you and guide you. Now, as you're reading it, as you're looking at it, as you're understanding it and studying it with the Lord, think about how you can apply 1 Corinthians to today. Maybe it's showing someone grace. Maybe it's showing someone kindness. Being patient with getting your food, because God knows I struggle with that too. (laughs) Ask God to show, how can you show his love to someone today? Second, I want you to journal. Journal how the Holy Spirit has shown you his love through practical ways. Sometimes we make our relationship with God so complicated when it's so, so simple. So ask the Lord, God, can you show me your love in practical ways today? And journal it. And I want to hear your experiences. Welcome to the Everlasting Castle, where everlasting life resides with the Holy Spirit, God, and Jesus. And I cannot wait for you to listen for more. Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 2 of the Everlasting Castle where we talk about how can we seek the kingdom of God daily in our walk with Christ. Um, Those that are Christians and people that are also getting to know Christ, welcome to the family. And I'm so excited for this episode because the Lord told me to do this episode right now. It is 11.38pm and I was just in the shower. And I was doing, I was giving praises to God, glory to God, giving praises to him um, for all that he is doing in my life, the way he is moving in my life, not for the things that he's doing, but who he is. Um, And I wanted to keep getting out the shower, but the Lord kept pulling me to stay in the shower and I got out, but the Lord said, go back in there, but don't turn on the water. And I'm like, okay, so at first he told me about nakedness and not in a lustful way, not in a condescending way or things of that nature, but, um, nakedness before him, you know, when we get in the shower, we get in the shower because we're dirty and we need cleansing, right? And you can't clean your body with clothes on. You have to take everything off, take your clothes off and wash everything. And the Lord was telling me that we need to get naked with God. And he brought up Genesis 3, where Adam and Eve, they ate the fruit from the tree of um, knowledge. And the Lord was basically telling me that ever since they had that knowledge that they were naked, people think of nakedness as a things to be ashamed of. But before him, when Adam and Eve found out they were naked, they hid from God. And I think a lot of times in our walk with Christ, we can get to a point where we don't want to be naked before God. We want to be shameful. We want to be hidden. We don't want um, things to be revealed out in the open, right? And the Lord was telling me, like, we need to get naked with him. We need to we need to be vulnerable. Nakedness is the most vulnerability that you will ever be. And when you're naked with God, that's when you get to see how God sees you. You may see yourself if you have one the flight's outfit or you have on the nice nice hairdo, nice earrings, you feel me, getting your nails done, got the new shoes on. Um, but what is it like when you take all of that off? Do you still think you have value? Do you still think your life has meaning? Because those things are temporary, but when you're naked before God, all of those stuff is is gone, they're dirty. And that's why we need to go to God for cleansing. God is clean to us. He wipes us clean. That's what his crucifixion did when, when Jesus died on the cross. That was what he did for us. That's what he continues to do. That's what he continues to shed light on. That's what he continues to love us for. Because Jesus died for us, he doesn't want us to be all dressed up to be in his presence. We need to be naked before him, be vulnerable, tell him what's going on. We think of God as somebody that's far away. Somebody that doesn't listen to our thoughts. But God wants to hear even the things that we think about. He wants to hear... Our love for him. He wants to hear what we're going through, whether it's school, work, how we feel, what life is going like. He wants to hear from us. This is how we begin to get naked. We can't get naked if we're always we always have clothes on. Eventually you're gonna have to have somebody to wipe that off. And water does that. God is living water. Jesus is the living water. Jesus said to the Samaritan women, He said, Those who drink my water will never thirst again. Jesus is the living water, so let him wash you clean with his living water. And that takes time. Granted, it's not going to take 2.5 seconds, (laughs) it definitely is not. But with the Lord, it becomes easier. It becomes so much easier. That means resting in his presence. God also taught me the importance of rest last week. He taught me the importance of what it means to rest in his presence. Because I think we always get caught up in our daily schedules and work and business and things of that nature. And we never think like, I need some rest. I need to slow down before I burn out. And many of us go to sleep as rest, which is beneficial we need rest. But where are we going for for rest when we need it? Where are we going to when we need peace? When we need the Holy Spirit, where are we going? Are we going to continue to seek God for rest? Or are we just gonna sit here and continue to be burned out? When God has his eyes, his arms open wide for you, saying, come rest in my presence. I'm gonna give you the rest that you need. And once you do it, I promise you, you'll feel so, so, so much better. So much better. Rest is something that we all need. And when we get naked before God and we tell him the things that are going on, when we tell him the things that are in our deepest hearts that nobody else can see or nobody else can even imagine of, because God already knows. It says it in Psalm 139. He knows the thoughts that we have. He knows when we stand up and we sit down. David said in his word, when we go to, when we go to the grave, you'll still be there. When we go to the highest of heavens, you'll still be there. God never lacks, he never stops, he never sleeps. But we must go, we must go to him for rest. Because God doesn't burn out. God never gets tired. He's not like us. So I want to ask you this. Where are you going for rest? What are you seeking for rest? Have you been getting naked before God? Have you been getting vulnerable before Him? Not hiding in shame because that's not what God wants. God wants your heart. So you're going to trust Him with it or you're going to keep it to yourself? Because our heart is deceitful. Above all things, above all things, our heart is very deceitful. So walk in the presence of the Lord. Walk in his rest. And I'm telling you, you'll feel utmost peace. Whether it's reading the verse of the day, whether it's drawing or calling scripture, do it all you have to do.